hear that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. This this guitar has a story. Give it to us. Yeah. This when I was uh, growing up, I just I, I worked anytime I could work to try to you know just earn a little bit of money. It was like cutting grass or carrying golf clubs or whatever I could do, snow, shoveling snow or you know any kind of odd jobs like that that people would give me. And so eventually I saved up about $200, and um, that was everything. You know, back then, that's a lot of money today, but it was a ton of money back then. So um, I just always wanted to play the guitar, but never had a, a decent guitar. So I went to the bank, and I drained the account, got my guitar, and uh, watched my – I went, had like nine cents left in there. <laughs> so this thing goes back to like a 1968 or so. Wow. This guitar does so. It looks pretty good for being that old. Yeah, it's held up pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> This is Rotations. I'm Dr. Todd Fredericks, Assistant Professor of Family Medicine at Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine. And uh, today we've got a special guest and specialty spotlight, and I'm going to give it over to Nisarg Bakshi, OMS2, and he'll start talking at this time. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, my name is Nisarg Bakshi, second-year medical student, and we have a very special guest here, uh, a guitarist and radiologist, Dr. Bensler, is joining us to talk about uh, his path, why he chose a specialty, and his day-to-day -day life. Um, we also have uh, fellow OMS2 Kathleen Long here to be on the panel and uh, yeah, join us today. It's good to have you guys here. Good to well, be thank here. Thank you. And thank you for the tune. It was it was beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. Don't want to get too far away. You need to make sure, because we, 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 we got about 20 minutes before we, we uh, split the episode, so you need to lead us out, too, so and then lead us back into the second half. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Bensler, what's your background? Um, I came from the, the Dayton area. I, I grew up in southwest Ohio and, um, and then went to high school in a town called Middletown, which is near, you probably know that, between Cincinnati and Dayton. Yeah, I know Middletown. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's where I grew up and I uh, went to high school there and I went to Purdue for my undergrad and I went into engineering and when I was there, I, I kind of morphed from uh, mechanical engineering to biomedical so I ended up getting a degree, and back then it was called interdisciplinary uh, engineering. So it allowed me to, to do things that I liked, uh, including things related to medicine. So I, I took a physiology class in college that really floated my boat. It's incredible the way the body works. Yeah. And so that had a really, uh, you know, it, it had a parallel with what engineering does to some extent. So... Uh, my original intention was to do a master's degree and do something in biomedical engineering, but uh, you know I, I felt a calling to maybe go a little further the medical way, and so I went to Kirksville in Missouri, and um, then uh, during my my time there decided you know just with rotations I was really planning to be a family doctor, which I think is the front line of medicine truly, yeah. always has been. Um, and I thought that's what I was going to do, but I took a rotation in, in radiology and led to this. And so uh, fast forward, here I am in Athens teaching radiology. Yeah, so what about radiology made you uh, interested in it? 
you know, when I, I think a lot of students, when they go on a rotation, it's hard to totally know what it's going to be like. And, and so I, I just would encourage everybody to, to go and, and just let themselves experience what it's like to walk in the shoes of that particular physician. So for me, I just expected a, you know, I, I had no idea what to expect, honestly, when I got into a radiology rotation. Um, but I was seeing the best cases in the hospital. By that, I mean, I'm not for the patient, but certainly for from the standpoint of interesting and, and uh, learning opportunity. And so I thought it was fascinating to be able to look inside of somebody and to come up with a diagnosis. And, and the day went quick for me. It's like I got there and it was time to go. But I usually didn't go. I hung around because I enjoyed it that much. So I think that your, your own physiologic response to the environment tells you a ton about what you're comfortable with and what you like. So I fought that. I fought against that because, you know, I learned pharmacology, I learned physical diagnosis, I learned other things that I felt like, hey, that's what a doctor does. Takes care of patients, you know. Go to the grocery store, hey, Dr. Fredericks, right? <laughs> They're usually yeah. showing me a rash in the checkout line. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is the worst, man. Yeah. And you're trying to tell them, don't disrobe in the Walmart checkout line. Then you think, I'm going to be in a People of Walmart photo. It's, it's just bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you're, but they don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a so, blessing, let me tell oh, yeah. you. <laughs> but so, yeah, so I had to fight that. I had to yeah. fight, okay, you're turning your back on clinical medicine, kind of. And, um, and I fought that for the next two years, different rotations. And I, I also tried to put everything I could into every rotation. I mean, I tried to prepare as though that was going to be my specialty. Mm-hmm. And, and I think by doing that, I got a lot out of it that helped me in radiology, it turned out. Because then I understood what the problems were, you know, imaging-wise with obstetrics and what the problems were imaging-wise with internal medicine, whatever the case may be. I thought, well, you know, I know what they want to know. Sure. And I know what their issues are. So, And I also know what their complaints are about radiology. So, uh, you know, I tried to keep that in mind. But eventually... I couldn't fight it anymore. It's what I really wanted to do. I knew underneath it all, and I yeah. went that way. Great. So what was there anything specific that made you give in, that made you stop fighting it? Uh, some of it was, uh, I think I did have some experiences in family medicine, which, again, uh, I have never, ever believed anything, but th- that's the absolute front line of, what, of how we take care of patients in our country and need to. You need to have a captain of the ship, et cetera, somebody that knows that patient inside out. We don't, we don't, we know him inside. We don't know him out as a radiologist. But uh, I had some experiences in family medicine where my personality type is is the kind that uh, you know I take it. If a patient wasn't getting better, it was my fault, and I was bringing that home all the time. It's like, how come, how come it didn't work? And you know, why, isn't, why aren't they better? Did I make the wrong diagnosis? I was always second-guessing myself. And uh, the thing I liked about radiology was, that, that kind of turned it, was um, with that, all you're doing is you're giving an honest opinion about what you, you think is there. You use all the clues that you can, and you come up with what you think is the best possible or, you know, even a good differential diagnosis, mm-hmm. and then you're done. Uh, so that was appealing to me, and that's why I think I 
finally made that decision. Sure. So then, you know, if we're kind of talking about your day-to-day work as a radiologist, uh, what are some of the top diagnoses that you see in your practice? Well, I think you can kind of break things down into, to, you know, are they traumatic type things? Are we looking for neoplastic problems, that type of thing? Sometimes we're basically screening a lot of patients, too. So um, it depends on, you know, the, the flow of the day is such that it can be any of those things. Um, I could get a, a, a rash of uh, fractures, for example, uh, in a given day, a lot of bone trauma. Um, in, this, in this past winter, I had quite a bit of uh, pneumonia that we were seeing, or people with pneumonia symptoms that we could rule it out, you know, that type of thing. Um, you know, when you look at the intensive care unit at different hospitals, you're looking at a whole different set of diagnoses, like very common to see heart failure and, and severe forms of pneumonia, for example, when we're talking about x-rays. Uh, trauma, then in CT, of course, you're, we're looking for intracranial bleeding, uh, that type of thing. So that's a common rollout, but most of the time they're going to be ordered and, and going to be negative. Um, but you do run into the cases that you're not expecting all the time, and so you have to be alert to all the possibilities. So my, I guess the answer to your question is there. It, it, it varies on the season a little bit as to what I most commonly see, but you can break it down to I see things related to trauma, infection, and neoplastic processes, you know, okay. of different types. Yeah, sure. So uh, then what are, what are some conditions that you, you routinely see in your practice um, that family medicine should be able to treat but are instead referred to you? Okay, and, and I think probably, you know, I'll talk about things that I would expect a family doctor to be able to do mm-hmm. from an imaging standpoint. And, uh, and I think even students, uh, when you get out into your, uh, you know, your post-grad years, are, you're going to be finding yourself in a position where you've got to make a diagnosis on your own. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to look at things. Um, and one, you know, from an x-ray standpoint, I'd say, you need to be able to read a chest x-ray, be able to recognize uh, pneumonia, pleural effusion, pneumothorax, yeah. congestive heart failure. Those are the things that, that, that you'll probably see, and you might see in the middle of the night sometime, and it would be great to recognize it and get treatment going. Um, in terms of, you know, in a family practice, one of the things that Dr. Fredericks and I agree on completely is that we believe that uh, ultrasound should be, you know, a tool, just like a stethoscope that, that can be used to actually see inside of the body real time mm-hmm. for lots of different conditions. And so we'd like to see more of that in the curriculum and see that used routinely in, in, the use of, in primary care. There are just times when you can quickly get a diagnosis and help your patient that way. So it's anything from the abdomen to the heart, even a fast scan if need be. Uh, to look for signs of something severe in the abdomen. So those are the the times when I feel like that could be useful. Um, So then what are the current developments? And you kind of talk about this a little bit with um, the ultrasound. Uh, So what are some current developments uh, that have caught your interest? Well, you know, one of the things that's changed a ton just over the last five years or so has been uh, the use of just computers, uh, even more in terms of things like computer-aided detection. We've used that in mammography for about five years or or more now. And 
it's spilling over into other areas like uh, screening for lung cancer. There's also now a way to use computer-aided detection for CT scanning of the lungs. I think that's all going to actually increase over time. Um, so we're going to be able to use more computer power. Um, we're, with every modality, there's not a brand new modality, honestly, that I know about. I think MRI is going to, MRI, CT, ultrasound, uh, not so much x-ray, but those other modalities are, are exp not to their full potential yet. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, ultrasound, we continue to find new ways to use it uh, and new things to measure, essentially, to give us information. So uh, there's definite progress in all of those fronts that you have to kind of keep up on to be able to apply your trade. Sure. So uh, then to switch gears a little bit, um, for the medical students that are listening to this um, that have their radiology rotation coming up, uh, what's the best way to prepare for that? Uh, how do we step into your office uh, prepared? Well, truthfully, with, with me, I'm, I'm just happy if you come prepared with with questions and things that you really need to work on. But if you're coming into any radiology rotation, to me, I think knowing the basics of how all of these modalities work will, tell, will give you what you need to at least have a, a starting point. It doesn't matter what they, the person might put up in front of you. If you know how an x-ray creates an image of the inside of the body, know that something that's dense like metal will show up bright white. If you know something that contains air will be dark on an x-ray, if you know that, then theoretically there's nothing that I can't put in front of you that you can't say, okay, that, that's air density, that's fat density, that's where it's supposed to be, or that's not, not supposed to be there. That air underneath the right diaphragm is not supposed to be there. And you recognize it because you know the basics of how that modality works. The same thing's true with every other modality. If you know how it works, then there's nothing that I can show you that you can't have a chance of figuring out. I think it's not a great idea to try to memorize everything. You have to, you're better off understanding things and being able to figure it out. So I would say, first of all, know how the modalities work. Second of all, I, I try to know the basics of how to read it, the things that I mentioned before, how to read a chest x-ray, where to start, MD plots, right? <laughs> yeah, you might want to try MD plots. If you, but there are other mnemonics like that that help. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be good to, you know, to be comfortable with looking at abdomen and gas patterns and things like that. So, um, yeah, those are the things that I think, and especially if you have an interest in something, uh, for example, orthopedics, uh, I would expect you to, to be pretty good at describing a fracture, knowing some fracture classifications, that type of thing. So... I'll usually find out what people have an interest in, and then we'll go as far as we can go with that. Sure. So then maybe a little bit more generally, uh, as the student is rotating with you, have you noticed anything uh, that either sets them back or sets them apart in a positive way as they're working with you? Yeah, I, I've seen both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> uh, the, the people that, that I don't enjoy working with are not interested you know, they're there to kind of just spend, you know, get through the day. And uh, it's not hard to tell when somebody is not really engaged. And if that's the case, then you, you, you pretty much get out what you put in. If you, that's why with every rotation, it doesn't have to be radiology. Mm -hmm. If you go in there and you, you make them believe that, hey, this is, this is something that's amazing and fascinating and, you know, I like what you do. 
kind of thing. It's like lighting a fire of education that will occur. And so the people that are they come in with you know with things that they want to learn and you know they get actively engaged because with me it's more than just showing you things. I want to show you and then have you do it. So I'll look at a case and I'll go through it and then I'll expect you to look at a case and you go through it. And if there's another student there, I expect you to teach that other student. So when you if you come on a rotation with me, you're going to get a lot of active learning because I'm going to expect you to apply what we talk about. Sure. Um, Dr. Fredericks, you're an educator as well. Do you want to chime in? Yeah, I, I, I agree with what Dr. Benzler is saying. There's a certain type of student that's somewhat dismissive of things that they don't think they're interested in. And that's a really bad place to be as a student because you have a f lot of years to kind of figure out where you might best fit. And just like in Jeff's case here, that, you know, I think I want to be a family practitioner, but what I really like is I like the challenge of radiology and the fact I go home and sleep peacefully at night because I completed my work. That's a very real thing. In family medicine, there are many nights when I wake up two or three in the morning thinking, I need to call that patient or there's something going on. And I just, like OBs, you just learn to live with that, that sleep cycle because that's the, the, the benefits of the specialty outweigh the deficits. On the other hand, a lot of students will walk in and say, you know, I just want to be an ophthalmologist. And that's no slam against the ophthalmologist. It's just to say that you really don't know what you want to be yet. Until you're in a residency, until you've made that commitment, you really should keep your eyes wide open and your options as broad as possible because you may miss something that's really important. So we have a few more minutes. We have a few more minutes. Um, yeah, okay. Kathleen, you've been, you've been here on the panel. Do you have any questions for either Dr. Benson or Dr. Fredericks? We obviously mm. have a year left until we go off on our rotations. but Yeah. Um, I do have a question about radiology. Um, what... Um, modalities were they using when you were in your residency and what have you seen come about since sure. then? Well, uh, x-ray and, and ultrasound were happening uh, pretty big time, but we, we put a lot of um, emphasis on, on just plain x-ray at that point in time. And CT was um, still relatively new. And what ch what's changed over time immensely is that at first, to, to do a head CT, it would take an hour to do a head CT because really? you had to allow for tube cooling and things like wow. that. So it took a long time to do a, even one CAT scan. Now we can do an entire scan in about 30 seconds, practically. It's really quick. So that's changed, and, the, and just the ability to, to uh, reconstruct images with CT has changed a lot. Uh, but we had that. MRI was actually new for me. I had to learn it. Uh, about a third of the way into my career or so. Oh, wow. So, you know, that's a little bit different learning outside of a residency program. Uh, and I think, you know, you all have to be prepared for that, too, because things change like that. Th new things get introduced mm -hmm. that, for example, in, in the field of surgery, laparoscopic surgery at one point in time was, was kind of experimental a little bit, you know. Robotic surgery mm -hmm. is, was not even on the horizon, so if you're out in practice, are you not going to do ever do laparoscopic surgery? Probably you have to go get training in it. So uh, you have to be lifelong learners. You hear that term all the time. Mm -hmm. Promise you that's the case. Mm -hmm. But yeah, th those things have changed since I started. Very interesting. Thanks. Yeah, yeah kind of going off of that. Uh, where do you see your specialty in five years, ten years down the road? Mm -hmm. You know, th it's changed a lot in the last five years. Uh, 
you know, with uh, digital imaging, you can send an image anywhere in the world. Dr. Fredericks and I had an opportunity to go to Haiti uh, in March for uh, kind of a medical mission that we did down there. And uh, they, they have kind of an older ultrasound unit down there that they try to use as best they can. And nowadays, I have the, just today, yesterday, I've gotten images from Haiti to look at, and I've shared them with um, other colleagues to try to help get answers for the physician down there. So digital imaging, you know, is more than that. It's our ability to kind of send those images around and get opinions uh, is a gigantic step forward. So five years from now, I think we're going to have, you know, even more ability to do that, uh, to, to share knowledge. And it makes sense to me that we, we all can't know everything. So we have to have resources, whether they're people or other resources online or whatever, we have to have the ability to recognize what we know and, and be honest about what we don't know and then have the resources there to go find out. So I think that's going to get better in five years, and I think radiology will be more like that. I think we'll have more computer help. I think we'll have more ability to kind of get uh, you know, help from subspecialty areas in the field, that kind of thing. I think I think that's a nice place to stop for this segment, and then uh, maybe when we we do the second half of this, maybe you can talk a little bit about Haiti. Okay, and if you're cool with that, we'll finish up. Sound good? Rotations is the weekly podcast of all things medical and is part of the media and medicine family of medical storytelling. Rotations is a product of the Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine and the Scripps College of Communications. Rotations is hosted by Nasarg Bakshi, produced by Todd Fredericks, audio engineered by Kyle Snyder, and video edited by Brian Plough. Rotations is co-hosted by a league of champions of all things medical and a few people we even pull off the street. Rotations is copyrighted, and while we welcome citations, tweets, Facebook likes, and other endorsements via word of mouth and social media, we do reserve rights to all the content. You may reuse Rotations content under the provisions of Creative Commons, but you cannot alter or edit the content in any manner without the express permission of the content creators, and you must cite Rotations as the source of any content derived from the podcast. We welcome any comments or suggestions that you might have about how we make the show better, and you can contact us by emailing us at rotationspodcast at gmail.com, tweeting us at rotationspcast, or by visiting mediamedicine.com and putting the word Rotations in the subject line.